Welcome to Con Langery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley, and with me in very dry Arizona <laughs> is someone you may be familiar with, Agmashwa, also known as but up but up but up but up but up but up. Be a beautiful, beautiful rendition right there. I love it. <laughs> All right. And we are going to talk about uh conlanging and um particularly uh what appears to be your specialty uh, is uh the uh cursed conlangs. Um before we <laughs> yeah. get into that stuff. I want to know a little bit more about you. I want to know, like, how did you get into conlanging and how did you get into conlanging on YouTube? Gotcha. Well, um, in terms of conlanging in general, I've, I've been kind of doing it for a long time. Like, for context, I'm like, I'm 24 years old. And when I was little, Bionicle was like a huge thing. And... <laughs> And I don't know how much you know about Bionicle, but in Bionicle, yeah, there's, there's like a, it's a, I wouldn't call it a fully fledged conlang, but there's a quasi conlang mixed in to Bionicle, mixed into the lore and expressed in certain ways in the video games and books and stuff. It's the Matoron language. And that was kind of like my first introduction to like the idea that language could be used as a part of artistic expression i guess um yes so that that was kind of the first thing uh second thing was probably watership down a novel about rabbits and going through some harrowing experiences on a journey to find a new home after like farmers destroy their original home and there's an entire fully fledged rabbit language called lapine i think and it that that I read in about eighth grade, and that was really the, the kicking off point where I was like, okay, I want to start making these. <laughs> well, that's 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 really cool. Uh, I would not. We had a discussion about this in uh, a Conlanger Discord, uh, Conlanger and Linguist Discord, and it's like I would not hold up uh, Bionicle as a good example for any means because it seems like yeah. they kind of stole quite a lot of just polynesian words and just used them <laughs> exactly but, exactly uh, at the time i didn't know that when i was like when yeah. i was just like an obsessed like six-year-old you know I'd, i had no yeah, idea yeah. anything about yeah, that yeah. right <laughs> yeah. of course I, I i didn't i didn't learn like the true makeup and kind of just you know cheap and kind of stealing nature of the of the Matoron language until much later on, but I can't yeah. get over the fact that it still was influential to me when I was little at realizing that language could be part of a creative process. You know, it, it still it, it still was a thing that affected my mind despite despite the truth about it as I got older. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I wasn't mean meaning to put you down or anything. I was no, just I know, like I know. <laughs> pointing that yeah. out as it was top of mind. But um, well, so you and you, there seems to be some of that inspiration of like using animals because you have 
you have um, conlangs for a world, a future world after humans are extinct, where dogs have <laughs> become like humanoid and sapient and have their own languages. Um, can you talk a little bit about how how that world comes about and and some of the languages from that? <laughs> yes. So that world is the is currently the subject of a comic that I am making. Uh, the first episode of it is published on my website, na.org. Um, it, the comic is called Dog Days, or Jojawa Jorok in Arjun, which is one of the languages spoken by these dogs. Um, and that whole world has been quite a fixation in my life for more than like a decade at this point, for more than like a decade and a half. That began around the same time as I was obsessed with Bionicles when I was like six or seven years old. Essentially, my friends and I, we would get together in my parents' yard, you know, like we were, we were little kids, and we got a hose, and there's a big empty area of dirt uh, that my parents reluctantly accepted to letting us turn into a country, basically, a civilization where we put down the hose and we created the lakes, the rivers, etc. And then we would use like little dog bowls and other like sandcastle things to take the dirt, which is like hard Arizona kind of clay. So it would stay for a really long time. And we would make the buildings and construct dams on like the various rivers and create reservoirs and mountain ranges and everything. And we would meet up like all the time throughout my childhood, just like, acting out like the history of this civilization and they were inhabited by dogs inspired by our actual dogs in real life and a lot of like the place names and language names are very uh very corrupted derivations of the names of various dogs in our lives throughout our childhoods. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, over the years that eventually evolved into the conlanging, but a whole lot of, you know, world building happened before the language part got involved in that. <laughs> it is a long time yeah. in the making. Yeah. I, I am looking at the comic right now. Um, and, uh, there's there's quite a lot of the you know constructed writing in the comic uh mm. all the dialogue is rendered in english but yeah that's well that's interesting <laughs> and not if you click the button that switches it into autojune oh you can <laughs> there's read a it little in button Auto on the side okay yep there's a button oh, I toggle see. the button you can read the comic entirely in autojune which is actually oh. the the original intended language of it. So you can use the Autogen documentation and the uh, various YouTube shorts that I've created to learn the basics of the language, use the dictionary on the website. And if you really, really wanted to go through that effort, you could use my comic as a learning tool for, <laughs> for learning Autogen. <laughs> do you, do you have people like learning it? Like, have there, you had people ask questions and things indicating that they are like learning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think anyone is any more fluent in it than I am, which is, you know, not to an extreme degree, but um, 
I've definitely gotten on my Discord server and over email and in my YouTube comments, people asking me some pretty in-depth grammatical questions about mm-hmm. the inner workings of Auto-June, some of which came from the comic, others came from various examples from the grammar book that I have, um, which is a whole other story that that was my thesis project at Arizona State University was creating a full like over 150 page grammar book of the Auto-June language, which, you know, some people have bought. It's on Amazon. Some people have bought it at this point and are using that also as a more in-depth like tool to learn Auto-June. So I've gotten a lot of questions about it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's that's great to see people like doing your thing. Let's talk a little bit about YouTube. Um mm-hmm. so you you uh, I I I look watched through a few quite a few of your videos and you have um the typical sort of um uh Conlang showcases and things with your own twist on things. Um, how did you get started with with YouTube and Conlanging? How did you start sharing that? Hmm. Well, how did I start sharing it? I think how it really began was with my honors thesis project um, back in university. I had already arranged basically this project where I'd be fleshing out Autojune and making as much detail in cultural context, et cetera, put into it as I could in time for my big presentation on it, my thesis defense. And along the way, I was already a fan of, you know, other channels like Jan Misely and, uh, and Bibleridian, who you interviewed a while back. Um, mm-hmm. And so... I already knew that there was like some semblance of a conlang community. I didn't realize the extent to which it existed, but I figured like, why not while I'm doing this and working on it and like basically submitting progress reports every week, why don't I also just record videos of myself talking about the things that I've been focusing on in the development of auto June over the course of that week or so. And so in like November 2019, I began every single Tuesday for over 13 months straight posting a video talking about the latest developments in Autojune. And some of them I would post onto Reddit on r slash conlangs to, you know, some reception. Sometimes it would get ignored. Sometimes it would get focused on. But I, I got a few subscribers out of that. And then it started kicking off whenever I started posting like memes, like, like like scenes, popular scenes from TV shows translated. Like I would dub it in Autojune, like steamed hams and like the my name is Yoshikage Kira scene from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, stuff like that. Those are my first videos that actually got me some decent subscribers because, you know, they were memes and I was just dubbing the memes in my language and it kind of just went from there. Uh, and... What I really want to talk about is you have a particular thing outside. I 
I don't know. I don't know to what extent you might do some of this within your world building because uh, I think one of your languages is pretty pretty odd <laughs> in in there. Um, <laughs> Just auto- one. Not, not, not so much, yeah. but um, but you have a an affinity for what you call a cursed conlang. Can you explain to the listeners? Um, you know, a lot of them probably have seen your channel. Some people watching this may not have. What is a cursed conlang? <laughs> <laughs> so a cursed conlang, and I've had to kind of tailor this definition over time because of all the, all of like the whole phenomenon that's kind of developed around it. A cursed conlang is a language that is intentionally created for the sake of causing uh, discomfort or confusion, surprise, at least laughter, but it should be purposefully done in a way that is like, it is unnatural or just odd in such a way that it strikes a nerve. It makes you either cringe or laugh or just otherwise send chills down your spine. It's a messed up language made messed up on purpose for the sake of triggering those emotional responses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just like some examples that you have is like uh, you have created a language that is just like ah and are various erotics. <laughs> For pirates. Yep, yep. That's with... hyper pirate. <laughs> yes, hyper pirate. Yep. <laughs> uh, you have just like uh, what other what other ones are there? I don't have it on on the top of my head. My my personal favorite in terms of uh, disturbingness is <laughs> um, is probably gum smack, which is the language communicated exclusively by chewing gum with different mouth shapes basically just different chews and squelches like anyone with dis with, with what is it called misophonia like the 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 aversion to <laughs> the aversion to the sound of chewing it, it was designed specifically specifically with that in mind just the most misophonic language you could possibly have just pain it is it was super fun to make the writing system is a logography of different combinations of food emojis. It's, <laughs> it, it, it was painful. They're all painful, but that, that one is a pretty classic example there. There's been a few. <laughs> so what is like the, the, the appealing part for you about the, the curse conlangs it's it's definitely a departure from what conlangers like most people in the community are doing because a lot of people focus on doing naturalistic conlangs uh either within a con world or not and it's not it's not people people do from time to time do like these little experimental things but you seem to be like generating quite a few of them <laughs> <laughs> well 
So I'd say I, I've made what? I think like f- five, like made or partially made in collaboration with my friend Eternal. Um, five cursed languages uh, so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest have been, you know, other people making them and submitting them for my contest. Um, but I, I think the thing that draws me to it is just, just the sense that it's, it, it's breaking the rules on purpose to have fun, you know, like I love making naturalistic languages and I love linguistics in general. And there's just something that me and a lot of other people, especially people in my general like age range, just find it hilarious to purposefully just extend one or two aspects of linguistics to and beyond like their logical extremes and just running with it as like the purposeful goal of the project. I kind of also have justified it as being like, Hey, if you know how to make something cursed, you'll probably be better when you're trying to make something naturalistic later on, because you'll, you'll know, (laughs) you might have a better idea of what things are cursed in quotation marks, you know, (laughs) and what things are more grounded in the realm of possibility. So I see it both as, you know, improving the skills of a conlanger in general and just like really embracing that you're part of like this community where you know that the thing that you're doing is going to make other people cringe or laugh really hard because you're both so knowledgeable in this particularly niche subject, you know, it's, it's created a lot of uh, unity in, in the community um, around in, in my like discord server, my comments, everyone who's submitted their own curse conlangs. It's, it's been super fun. Yeah. Um, one, one thing, one of my favorite things to, to watch when you're doing these curse conlangs is the ones that are phonologically very out there. You just mm-hmm. struggling to actually speak it because <laughs> like in the hyperpirate video, you had several lines that you translated into hyperpirate and <laughs> just try, <laughs> you tried to get that out <laughs> with oh, suffering. <laughs> Just pure suffering. It's <laughs> though, uh, but uh, I mean, although I, I will say a lot of them seem to be like phonologically very divergent, but like, are there somewhere you went more with like doing like very weird morphosyntax or anything? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well. Hyper Pirate was just, uh, was kind of intended, like the main joke of Hyper Pirate was the phonology. Same thing with Gumsmack, but especially mm. starting with Gumsmack and then moving on to Hyper Formal and Ultra French, um, the main kind of focus was like, sure, the phonology is whack. The phonotactics are messed up beyond recognition, but like, the grammar started getting more and more complex as well. And a lot of the reason behind that was because behind the scenes, while, um, while eternal and I were 
coming up with ideas and developing things for these languages. He, after seeing my experience in the Hyper Pirate video, wanted me to suffer for as long as possible and created so many different complex grammatical constructions and things just to make the dialogue that I had to read longer and longer over time. Again, just, just to cause me more pain. And I just went along with it. I was like, you know what? Yes, that this is, this is meant to be a curse conling showcase. If it, if I have to sacrifice a certain part of my, my, my speaking organs for that, <laughs> then, then so be it. And so there's some wacky things in, in, um, in gum smack and in hyperformal and especially the grammar of ultra French. Like, I don't know if you watched it. The video is just titled what happened to French. <laughs> and, and I, I treat it as if French is like this long gone language that nobody talks about anymore, but I'm reluctantly going to talk about this language that is spoken today that everyone knows about ultra French, but it's like French, but evolved over the course of a few hundred years to just be the most brutal thing grammatically possible. And also <laughs> extending like a couple of like the general, like, I don't know, stereotypes, conceptions of the French language and it's, and it's claws and it's uvular sounds and just taking that to an extreme as well. But really the focus is the grammar getting insanely complicated in the next 500 years of French post-French history. <laughs> I have to ask, does the name Ultra French come from the Bad Linguistics subreddit? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I, I, I figure other people have done it before, but I, I after naming a language hyper-pirate and then having a counterpart to it being hyper-formal, and we, we knew that there was a meme you know, in the in the <laughs> linguistics and conlanging community, you know, the 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 ultra French meme. And just yeah. because it had the word ultra in the front, we were like, okay, we have to we have to do our take on ultra French just just to fit in with the theming. <laughs> yeah. Was, I used to good. be very active on that uh on bad linguistics, but uh, I don't think I don't know if it like even is doing anything anymore because I'm not like on Reddit much anymore. Yeah, but, neither uh, am I. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's that's super cool. Now let's talk about though. It's not just you. It's you have this contest going that you've done. You've done like two of them now. Yes, this is the second the, the, one. It is it is yeah. still technically ongoing. We have judged almost all of the conlangs so far, and by we I mean myself, my friend Eternal, and and a couple other uh, linguistics YouTubers have jumped in on the on the are basically our watch party of the various submissions, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, well we're almost done with that right now, and that video the second curse conlang circus 
will probably be coming out sometime in December. It better be before Christmas because last year I ended up video editing until like Christmas Eve and I refuse to do that again. But <laughs> um, but sometime, hopefully early December, hopefully that the Curse Conlang Circus 2 will be released to the world. And it's it's an amazing wow. experience. It's It just takes a long time to go through yeah. all of them. <laughs> it, that, that means that it may be coming out before it may be already out by the time this episode is out by the way so that gotcha. that's uh okay yeah cuz uh i'm recording ahead a little bit yes um for my sake i hope that it is released by the time this oh. podcast episode comes out <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, editing takes time even even the minimal sort of editing that i i do for the podcast takes a lot of time and i couldn't imagine like taking other people's videos and downloading them off of YouTube and cutting them up and, and all of that stuff to, yeah. to do this kind of thing. <laughs> it's a lot, <laughs> but um, it's, it's 30 hours of raw footage this time. Like it, it 30 I hours got, of footage. How yeah, many submissions? 120 ish around 120 last year. It was 37 and the video ended up being six hours long. And this year it is 120 and there was 30 hours of raw footage. So we'll see. It might be the longest Conlang related video ever posted to YouTube, or I might have to split it in two. Yeah. You probably will have to split it. I mean, YouTube has a 10 hour limit. So, well, so the limit is technically it's 12 hours now if you have any uh. copyrighted content in it. But if it doesn't have any copyrighted content detected in it, then technically it can go on longer than 24 hours. That At least that's how it was as of about a month ago. Um, so uh -oh. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh well, they 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 always change the rules around. But they sure. I do. mean, <laughs> what what is the process for judging that? Like how for next year? Like <laughs> what 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 do you look for? And and like how do people participate in that? So first on like the participation this year, the the requirement was to. Um, basically post a video uh, or create a video and either have it posted on YouTube publicly, have it posted privately and sent just to me um, or to literally email me a video file, uh, basically mm -hmm. doing the general rundown of whatever you think is important to showcase in this cursed conlang. And the main requirement is for there to be a performed, I say performed because some of them aren't spoken, a performed translation of a certain text. Last year, it was some copy pasta uh, that people have been spreading around um, on, on, on my channel. Some Someone like roasted me once and then it turned into a copy pasta on the Discord server and I made that the translation. And then this year it is the opening lines to the B movie. <laughs> um, so like, according to all known laws of aviation, there's no way a B should be able to fly like that. 
the the first few lines of the B movie is this year's required script and next year it will be something different. Um, and so people posted their videos to YouTube and emailed me or messaged me on discord, you know, with the links to their submission. And that's, that's how I got all 120 of them. And some of them have done really well. Like the people who posted them publicly, some of them have gotten like, hundreds of thousands of views like it's it's pretty impressive i i, I wanted oh, to inspire yeah. as many people as possible to try and create their own youtube channel because i figure it couldn't hurt you know um yeah. yeah well that's that's definitely that's definitely a positive thing the 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 whole thing of a, a cursed conlang service circus is Definitely, it has me thinking of ideas a little bit, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I, I would uh, necessarily realize it. So you announce this in the summer every year, yeah. and then however long it takes to judge them it, it is how long it takes. But it, like the deadline is in like September? Yeah, yeah. I had it a little yeah. later last year than I did this year. Um, I, I said it earlier this year to decrease the chances of me having to video edit close to Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I announced this one, I think like July 15th or something. And the deadline yeah. was September 15th. And I gave people a little bit of leeway if they like messaged me and said like, Hey, it's going to be a little late. I gave like a, a two week kind of grace period after that for anyone who told me they were submitting it late um and a couple's even even further after that but you know uh, it, it it was fun it, it's it's really fun so many of them so many submissions so many crazy ideas it, like some of the most creative stuff i've ever seen it's like it's really impressive angles of language i never would have thought of <laughs> do you have like particular favorites um <laughs> i mean Obviously, you judge the winners, but also like particular favorites among last year, or this year of of moments or anything. <laughs> well, I don't know if I should reveal any of this year's yet because the okay. the uh, the process is still underway, and who knows who you know. In in this last session, we could get like all all the winners in one big batch. Who knows? Um, but from last year's the, there were some there were some pretty wild ones um there was uh <laughs> there was seraphim which was uh created by babalingua he's he's another uh, con conlang youtuber yeah it says seraphim that video is huge it's got like 200,000 views um he and i went to the same school we we've hung out in person a lot um he but he made that he, he released that and blew like everyone's minds that that one was insane also um uh there's snapdragon rose uh which is a language performed by creating different bouquets of different flowers that's an mm -hmm. amazing one um the, there was one that was called the breath lang or well it was called a, a, a series of different h's and uh, like with different diacritics and stuff on it. And it was a language performed exclusively by breathing at various levels of heaviness and the glottal versus pharyngealization, et cetera. That <laughs> one was insane. <laughs> um, and 
I guess another one, maybe like uh, maybe Robin Hood. That that one was awesome. Uh, <laughs> it was it's a it's a language <laughs> that is communicated uh, ex- exclusively by um, looking at a map of like crimes committed in Oklahoma City, and like it's for it, it's like supposed to be for <laughs> criminals to talk to each other from like different locations and like the different like things stolen from homes or whatever or like different graffiti left on walls are like different phonemes and like the areas of the city where it's committed is like freaking the <laughs> the like the grammatical alignment and stuff it's insane i had to put a disclaimer in the beginning of the video saying like don't do illegal things this is just for entertainment but it was hilarious <laughs> that's that's wild yeah so (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah this that's that's really uh looking at a map of crimes in oklahoma city i'm gonna have to find that one and watch that one that's that sounds a a little bit crazy well it is it is what about like what are your plans for like the future of your channel and the Curse Con Langser Circus? You you think you're gonna continue doing this for some time? I would like to, you know. Um yeah. I mean things have been going pretty great so far. Um in terms of the circus itself, I'm gonna have to change something about how the circus works because you know, the first one, 37 submissions, that was manageable. Um, I had like, I think around four or 5,000 subscribers when I announced that one, 5,000 subscribers, 37 submissions. Right. And so I figured this year, like when I announced this year's, I had 8,000 subscribers. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll get 60 this year by proportion. But then, uh, you know, people started posting theirs and then I had like a subscriber boost and took me up to like 10,000 and beyond. And, then I had 120 submissions and 30 hours of footage and it was insane. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely planning on doing a circus next year, but I have to find some kind of way to make it physically possible for me to do it with even more subscribers than I currently have. I gotta, I gotta plan ahead for that. So maybe a time limit on the submissions or just some other way of controlling what ends up going into an enormous compilation video afterwards <laughs> to, to, to showcase all of them. So it, it's, there's that. it sounds like you might need to have some other people involved to like filter things for you. <laughs> Maybe like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what that would look like. I'm going to have to figure yeah. that out. Because I definitely want to do it. And people are already telling me like, oh, yeah, I'm already working on my submission for next year's. And I'm like, okay, awesome. But just don't, don't start working on the video yet. <laughs> wait, until I, wait until I figure out the logistics of this before you start going into your like the production value and everything. Um, but yeah, no. So that's going to have to be slightly different in the future to accommodate for the influx of people that I've gotten and, you know, any hypothetical influx of people that could happen within the next year. Um, it, it's, it's, 
just something I've got to do for my sanity <laughs> and for the sanity of everyone else involved in the judging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my, the just the the idea of going through 30 hours of video yeah. and judging things and and then clipping out, out all of the things that you need. You you do have, you know, you have to have clips from their videos, right? So mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be uh <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> that's that's going to be a giant project. It um, sure is. It sure is. <laughs> yeah. If for the channel in general, though, I'm def I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely going to be continuing. I'm I've been doing like a video every three weeks lately. That's kind of been how things have been ending up. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like it to. I I'd like it to go back to every two weeks, and maybe I'll be able to do that if I get better at time management in my uh, personal life. But I, you know, the 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 cool season here in Arizona, you know, there's there's the hot season and the cool season. When the cool season comes, I do like I do landscaping stuff in in mm-hmm. real life, and so the cool season's like the busy season when everyone wants their plants planted and fertilized and for dead things to be removed etc so it like makes time constraints like uh pretty pretty challenging to make time for things in in the evenings (laughs) sometimes but i i plan on releasing a bunch of other videos i've got another uh lang showcase taking place in the dog days world pretty important one for the comic i needed to make this language fully developed for the future of the comic because it's going to be appearing in the comic. Um, oh, and there's okay. a f- yeah, exactly. So I, I need to get this one pretty uh, developed in time for the release of those particular pages. Um, and then several other things, wacky linguistic experiments, a lot more of my videos lately, like between con Lang showcases have been about taking just like one element of linguistics and just, stretching it to an extreme and breaking it like it like it doing doing something cursed again in quotation marks but not making an entire cursed conlang out of it but just like exploring like thought experiments behind certain particular elements of language and just going down a rabbit hole in one direction and seeing where it goes ah uh, so you yeah. you you see those as like separate things I do kind remember, of? yeah, I do remember seeing one video of yours trying to find like a minimal phoneme inventory or mm-hmm. maybe not, not like the actual theoretical minimum, but like something that you could reasonably get a good number of roots out of. Right. And yeah, exactly. And- yeah. That, that was one of them. I did a, I did two videos on, on Dixis or Dykes however you want to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like exploring like linguistic conceptions of relation and, and context. So I did two videos on, on that, which were super fun to make. Then I did the minimum phonemes required for a language to be sort of realistic is what that video was titled. Um, and then my most recent, experimental like thought experiment angle one was called the heterography um how to destroy the alphabet 
which was all about taking like written symbols and trying to find a breaking point where every letter in the alphabet can be confused with at least one other letter on purpose. And <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, was <laughs> you just, you so just like at the at the end of it, it does not look like the Roman alphabet anymore. It's just exactly. like it's very <laughs> very strange. Exactly. But the weird part is that when the text is, when, when you're writing English words with it, a lot of the time you can still, your brain still like puts a lot of it together and can read some of it. It was only when I switched the language to a language that I didn't know and started like trying to read things in it when I finally lost it because of like the the context of like where English letters go was gone. And suddenly I didn't have that kind of crutch anymore to tell which of those letters was actually the correct one and which one was the fake one. And it reminds me actually of something that was supposed to be readable. And I tried to find it. I can't remember the name of it, but there was like an alphabet made. I think it was made for display on seven segment displays, but it's not the, you can do the alphabet on seven segment displays, like with recognizable shapes, but they like somebody like did like minimal minimalistic shapes for the alphabet. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to, it's I'll have like to that, find that so I can, <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to find that so I can link to that um, so people know what I'm talking about. But yeah, but yeah, it seems like you do have a theme of just wanting to, you know, you said break things, but like push things a little bit to extremes. Do do any of the languages in your con world? have things like that maybe not as extreme but you're pushing things maybe a little beyond naturalistic eh, probably to a certain extent like i i try to keep the languages in the uh in in the future dog world a bit more grounded um the the biggest stretch is honestly that the dogs have mouths pretty similar to human mouths but we're not talking about that they're, they're cartoons okay <laughs> um but uh i mean i do try and put tangs of weirdness into each one uh more in a way to keep them more memorable both to me and to the audience like so when i'm creating you know, uh, characters that may be from like from one civilization or another one, you know, I'll, I'll know like what naming conventions they may have used or, you know, the different place names that should be involved or just different like uh, challenges that they may have in uh, translating different things between the languages. A lot of these, uh, a lot of the languages and geographical features and things I have them documented as in a lot of the time as an anglicization of a autogenization of the original words in the native <laughs> languages. So there, there's a lot of the time there's two layers of separation 
between the between the uh, the endonyms and the the uh, double exonyms that I use to describe them in my English documentation of the languages and like the maps and characters etc and that's a lot of the time how i mask the names of the dogs <laughs> from my from my real life childhood like uh like my dog was roxy and there's and, and the main city uh, one the largest city in the fuanal peninsula is reohun and that is derived from roxy um there's also uh there's also uh Prince, which is the prince language which is named after a dog named prince um mm-hmm. the the one i've got coming out which will probably be released by the time this podcast episode comes out is called um in english i call it alkin and that is an anglicization of the autojun word uh alkunk which is a derivation of an ancient word used to describe the region that we would know as Alaska, which um, in the year like 1000 AR was pronounced something like and the becomes the and and it it goes from there. So there's, there's all kinds of things that I do to try to incorporate them in with each other. And I try to, make them stand out enough that an Autojun speaker would have to bend over backwards to create their exonym for things and, and so on. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that I do there. The, the whole idea that you are anglicizing something that was already like altered to this, this other language, this primary language that we're, seeing the world through is really fascinating to me because I don't think a lot of conlangers like do that, that level of it. I think a lot of us, some people, some people will just use the native names all the time. And some people will do like an anglicized form, but it's, it's not as common to have that extra layer. I think that's really fascinating. Um, so you're still, as we're recording this, you're still working on judging and compiling and getting the video ready for for this cursed conlang relay, uh, and uh, hopefully already planning for the next one to make sure that it doesn't like wreck you. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like your channel is doing great. You've broken 10,000. Congratulations yep. on that. Thank That's, you. <laughs> uh, this- that's an achievement that I hope to reach someday. <laughs> yeah. I-, I wasn't expecting to reach it. It, it was, it, it was, uh, I'm glad that it happened. I I was like, I kind of considered 10,000 to be around the max that a channel focused pretty much exclusively on conlanging could reach. Um, And I mean, I guess I've made a couple videos that are more like linguistic thought experiments. So that might've contributed to it. So you could say that I'm not entirely conlanging anymore, though I do still interpret all those videos from like a, a creative project 
around language, you know, like you're, you're doing things to language for the sake of cool thought experiments and interesting results. And I don't know. It, it's all, it's all under the same umbrella genre to me. Um, yeah. I'm glad that it happened. I'm at like 12.7 K right now. So, mm-hmm. but you know, the, who knows uh, <laughs> what I'll be by the time I announce the next curse con Lang circus. And oh, yeah, again, Again, to anyone listening to this who's already working on your next one, is it awesome? Don't make don't don't make the video yet. Wait until I know how to handle this because <laughs> I don't know how to handle it yet. <laughs> Have to Ooh. just like set a set a time limit, like you know, make the video five minutes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it might have to be to, <laughs> at that point. We'll um, see, but we'll see. Well, well, it's been great having you on. Uh, before we leave, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with my audience or anybody out there listening? Yeah. Um, I mean, conlanging is it's t- the conlang community that's like kind of arisen on the internet over the past several years has been uh, insane and awesome. Uh, I, I feel like it's quite different from the overall vibe that um, like the conlangers of generations prior to YouTube and like the, the ubiquity of YouTube and Reddit and Tumblr and other social media platforms experienced. And that is yielding, uh, wacky things like cursed conlangs, the things that I do in in my videos, and I, I think it's like a super awesome time. I I do a survey once a year called the Conlanger Census, where I just have people share this little Google form asking about like just general like demographic and conlanging habit information that that shares around all the various uh, conlang community sections that see it and according to last year's the the average age of conlangers from everyone who found that survey was like 18 <laughs> the the 37 percent of them were 16 to 19 years old and like the vast majority of them were under the age of 30 like probably 80 to 90 percent of them were under the age of 30 and it's just it, it's it's super cool to see the conlanging community grow it, it it's kind of expanding every year more people are basically learning how to do things to language for the sake of the art form that it can be and i think that's super awesome and the curse conlang circus is just one part of it and I would like to inspire anybody else who wants to, you know, become a conlang related YouTuber to definitely do it. It's, you know, it it can't hurt. And all you're doing is advancing an art form that is generally unappreciated by society. You know, I I think, (laughs) I think, uh, I, I think the more people who know that it's a thing, the better for all of us. Yeah. well well hopefully people will come to appreciate it more exactly um and 
you are one of the people who is trying to make that happen. I, I am also, you know, fascinated by the, the, what's growing on YouTube right now, which is, you know, why I am now doing video podcasts as well and, and doing streaming <laughs> just because it seems like this is a place to be for conlanging now. And, and like, you know, when I talked to uh, David and Jesse on like the first, my first experimental video conlangery, you know, they were saying like, we need to have a bridge between the old community and the new community mm -hmm. because like we need to, we need to have all this interaction. And, you know, as all of these people are coming in, some of us, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not nearly the oldest. I'm not that old, but I'm a little <laughs> bit of the older crowd. <laughs> Look, I'll, you got, you, no, no. <laughs> you've got, you've got Jim Henry and you've got, uh, what? You've got, you've got, you've got some, some people up in, in their sixties around. It's, it's not, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> But I guess to a lot of the people on YouTube, I'm like a bit of the older crowd because I also <laughs> look at my data and I see the, the, the biggest thing is 18 to 24. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm 36. <laughs> These people think I'm old, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, it's really great to have you on and hear like your perspective and it's, really cool to to see like you having this this niche of the cursed con lang and the 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 extreme experiments and i hope to see a whole lot more of that and uh <laughs> we can all sort of grow this community together <laughs> exactly that's right let's let's make let's make the the 2020s the rise of conlanging for for the for the people <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right well if if that video if you manage to get that video up uh <laughs> yeah before this comes out then i will put that in the show notes so if i remember and it's out afterwards then then maybe i will i will like also go back and put the, the link in but uh uh everybody if you're not watching Egg Mashah's channel, if you're not watching Nga, <laughs> then what are you doing? Go go subscribe and go check out some cursed conlangs. Uh but uh yeah, that's this this is uh a cool thing. Uh I am glad to have uh heard a heard about you and uh, talked with you and to everyone out there listening I'm going to say happy conlaying special thanks to my patrons on Patreon if you go over there right now you can get early access to episodes you can get access to scripts for my solo episodes and you can go get access to exclusive polls for tongues and runes Thank you to 
Mintaka, Connor Stewart Rowe, Kenan Kigunda, Viren Patrick, Kay, Jesse, Sylvia Sotomayor, Alexis Hugelman, Langworm, Cassandra Woodhouse, Miles Ronkovich, Jake Penny, Artifexian, Nicholas Norblad, Eloy Variana Mentalem, Sigourney Hunter, Anthony Dosimo, Jack Keynes, Rackagrunk, Grammar Antifa, Wu Ming Shui. Con Langery's theme music is by Null Device. Con Langery is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License.